and welcome to December's Book of the Month podcast. I'm Emma and I'm joined by my colleagues Denise. Hello. And Joe. Hi. And today we're discussing the seasonal offering of the 12 topsy-turvy, very messy days of Christmas, which I wouldn't want to have to say very quickly. <laughs> Please be aware, this episode may contain spoilers. So this book is by blockbusting author James Patterson and with Tad Safran as co-author as well. So the synopsis is as follows. It's mid-December and for the fifth year in a row, there is little sign of the festive season in the Sullivan's family's home in South London. That is until a mysterious someone starts sending strange gifts to widower Henry and his two children. Before they know it, the Sullivan's home is overwhelmed with boisterous animals and house guests, all demanding their attention. The next 12 days turn the Sullivan family's lives upside down in ways they never could have imagined. But even though this Christmas will be messy, it may just be the gift their family needs. So, um, approach this, obviously not, if you're familiar with James Patterson, it's not a usual James Patterson offering. Um, he has written, he obviously writes his own uh, books, but he writes a, a, a good deal now with other authors as well, co-authoring. Um, but he does have a side of books which are kind of just contemporary fiction, really, general fiction. I've never read it, I've read a few of those actually before actually, but not, not a seasonal offering. Um, so this is a new one on me. Um, so I, uh, well, first of all, if I open the floor, did, did it, was it, uh, did it make you feel seasonal? Did it make you feel Christmassy? Um, not seasonal. Well, it's obviously a very seasonal theme because what happens is that for the next 12 days, they receive all of the gifts in the famous 12 Days of Christmas song. So the premise is utterly ridiculous. I think it's meant to be a comedy and I could very much see it as a Disney film (laughs) where it's absolute chaos and literally, first of all, all the doves begin to arrive day by day. Then the five gold rings, which they can't pawn because they haven't got a receipt. Then some more birds. Then the maids and the cows, etc., etc. And these people all stay over in their house and you don't know where they've come from. But it all comes from his two children, Will, aged 14, and Ella, aged 12, signing him up to a dating site secretly. Um, and then they start to arrive from somebody called Miss True Love. So the whole thing is ridiculous and perhaps I'm just not getting it, but it felt to me like it was a children's book rather than an adult's book, but perhaps I just wasn't in the, in the mood. So I can see, obviously, a lot of people have enjoyed it looking at the reviews, but it wasn't my sort of book and I've never read a James Patterson before. Um, and I suppose I was in the back of my mind expecting it to be one of his thrillers, but probably not given the title. So I suppose it's not terribly representative of his work. Um, so I, I I was a bit bemused by it. Um, yeah, but I, I felt, yeah, some of the, it was, it was a bit, the comedy was a bit laboured and it wasn't for me and I have to admit I didn't go right to the end. I did a mixture of uh, listening to the audiobook and reading the book and made a discovery which I think 
Emma also made, but possibly Joe didn't because you did you just listen to it? No, I just I just read it. Actually. You just read it. So your book was set in. Do you remember where it was set? London. Eh, yes, but the audio book is set in Harlem, and they're American. <laughs> oh goodness me! No, I yeah. didn't know that at all. <laughs> we'll we'll come on to that in a minute. But um, Joe, jo, what were your first thoughts of, of this? Um, of well, I um. I actually didn't read the synopsis at all. Um, so I'm embarrassed to admit how long it took me to realise that it was the 12 days of Christmas. I think we got up to the uh, the three French hens before it twigged. Um, I did finish it because um, it's quite a it's quite a quick read. Um, the 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 writing style is it flows very easily. It's it's not, you know, um, particularly prose heavy. Um, there's a lot of action and quite a bit of dialogue in it. So it, it tends to kind of um, go by quite quick. Um, I don't know if anyone else felt this, but it, it, it had a real Love Actually vibe for me, um, particularly when, when it got towards the end and they were doing the, the, the Christmas concert. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, I wonder, had I listened to it, whether or not I would have got that with an American spin on it but but reading it, it you know and it all being set in london um well you know, okay. it, it's funny you should say that actually because i took it as so because i i actually read the print and i as denise said i listened to the audio as well but what sprung to my mind and i don't know if you got because this might be my generational um uh, just hit my so in, in the 80s growing up in the 80s and 90s there was uh films very popular at the time there was a series of films which was national lampoons oh, yeah. vacation um starring chevy chase and this had a real national lampoons christmas vacation sort of feel about it to me um, and it's that kind of humor. i think i've blocked those out yeah. from mm. being made to watch them too much as a child mm. um but definitely you saw it as a, a film well yeah I think we all did yes then, yeah the, the the way that it was written it was very easy to imagine yeah the settings and and yeah, the things happening visual. it was very yeah. visual um and um i i i enjoyed it i mean i wouldn't say it was a favorite and it's not necessarily something that i would go around recommending even even if somebody said that they were particularly looking for a christmas read it's not something that i think i would say oh you must pick that up but um i i quite quite enjoyed the ridiculousness of it um uh, and i have to say that the um the 10 lords were my favorites <laughs> Uh, I could just imagine, you know, them leaping around the house with various different shotguns. They and... must have had a very big house. Yes, it must have been huge. And, <laughs> um, you know, they kept getting squirreled away in these bedrooms. And I was thinking, how many bedrooms do they have? See, that the, the Lords are leaping. They, they, they came across for me better in the book because in the audio version, it was narrated by an American um, narrator. And when it got to that bit and he was putting on a, a British accent and it just, for me, it just didn't go because oh, it sounded that. ridiculous. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that that was definitely better in, in the book than, um, than the audio. And perhaps just quickly coming on to the audio. Uh, the, this is where I really, it lost me a little bit because I just couldn't understand the reasoning um, unless it was just to appeal to, so you had the book to appeal to the UK and the audio to appeal to the American market. But I was really surprise when I started um, reading the book because obviously I'd, I'd started listening to the audio before getting hold of the, the actual print book um, and uh, I, for a minute I was thinking something different here I couldn't work out and then because obviously the, the audio book set in Harlem and the um, prints in I think it's Greenwich, Greenwich area of London um, and it goes from but the characters are all the same but then all the references are changed so you've got um, 
the the it, it mentions Britain's Got Talent, so that becomes America's Got Talent. Some of the wording of you know what you the malls and the shops and that sort of thing they they all change as well. So obviously to to um, go over to, to the American uh, kind kind of um, language. Um, so and I, that I really and I, actually I in that respect I have to say I enjoyed that I didn't quite enjoy the audio as much as I think that so I think the the print book actually I enjoyed more than the audio because so of the setting think, so do you think that setting lent itself to the story or is it just because we're in the UK oh I I, I don't know maybe I'm biased because obviously yeah I think I have to recognize that perhaps I just preferred it because it was set in the UK um but it just the humor didn't come over the humor felt to me very much satirical sort of slapstick British humor which I don't think translated as well in the American audio so that's really my reasoning for it um so yeah so Denise I know that you listened to the audio as well what what were your thoughts on that I uh, well I, like I said I started off reading the book and then it was taking too long because I wasn't really enjoying it so I moved over to the audio and that's when I discovered hang on a minute this is American uh, so when I got over that I stuck with the audio because it did as it, you would imagine it animated the story and the guy was really good his accents were largely pretty good considering you know there were a lot of different accents in there um, so I, yeah, I, I enjoyed the audio, but I didn't listen to it all, so I can't comment on the lords or the ladies. <laughs> oh, no, but that's just, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? So straight away there, you've got to, you know, so my opinion is different from, from you listening to it as well. And that's, that's and that very much comes down to as well, I think my ears being tuned in. So I find it, I'm still training my ears to, to audio. Um, and I, you know, I, I listen a lot sort of on car journeys and things like that. Um, and I think for for me as well, I find it harder to um, when it's an American narrator. I find it harder to tune in as well. So I think there's there's part of part of, and that's all very much down to preference. And as everyone will, when you're listening to audio, you have you know preferred narrators and things like that. And so that's just me. That's a foible of, of mine as well. So yeah, that's that's what I mean. So me listening to it, someone else will have a, a different opinion mm. and enjoy it, you mm. know. But that's for, for me. I think again because. Um, I came to the book and, and mm. that to me just felt a bit more, uh, I, I think it just felt, felt a bit more truer to the text really in, in that respect rather than, than the audio, that's all. But yeah, so yeah. it's Yeah, no, I, I preferred it. it because it, yeah, it it lifted the book for me. Which is, yeah, which is good because that's, yeah, you saw what you want. So, um, um, and what about the, the characters? Did any of you sort of have any affinity for the characters at all or just sort of liked them or? I felt very sorry for Ella. <laughs> um, you know, she has what's quite clearly a, 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 a rather severe case of OCD. And I felt like um, they wrote her a lot older than 12. Um, you know, she felt like she was older than Will. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the, I mean, the, the, the premise is essentially that these children have been neglected. Mm for the last five years it's not just that they don't do Christmas it's their father has been completely emotionally absent since their mother died and you know this this poor little girl from the age of seven has been sort of fending for herself and developing this mental health issue that is being completely ignored 
um and and i and i i struggled with that i struggled with the idea that it 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 wasn't ever really addressed um and that this kind of you know 12 days of christmas farce mm. somehow came in and and didn't necessarily make it better but but that it was somehow fixing the problem that she was mm. that she was dealing with mm. um and it was very difficult to to like henry Mm. Um, you know, obviously you, you feel for him the situation that he's in, losing his wife, who he clearly loved dearly. Um, but, you know, he he checks out completely mm. and seems to have very little sympathy for the fact that his kids have lost their mum. You know, his mannerisms are very brash and, and um, it, yeah, it, it was difficult to root for him and particularly when, you, when it came to any sort of because I mean, the whole premise is that they're they're trying to find him a wife, not because they particularly want him to be happy and in love, but because they think it will bring Christmas back, which is very sad in itself. But um, you know, when when um, is it Mariana? Yeah. When Mariana kind of comes into the picture, I mean, I don't know whether or not if they'd had a less kind of slapstick. Um, concept or if the book had been longer there would have been a chance to actually sort of grow some sort of romantic thread between them um but she felt very two-dimensional she mm. was um i mean i don't know if if you know this term it's definitely used a lot in the in the book blogging world but she was a bit of a mary sue which is a character that's just kind of a little bit mm. too perfect mm. oh you just learned something yeah she's know. really nice you know she's pretty she's funny she's a good egg you know all of mm. that kind of stuff mm. and there's nothing really mm. else to her mm. and um you know it, it it felt a little bit like she'd just been sort of shoehorned into this situation mm. um which led to me i mean I, I actually really enjoyed all of the the farcical elements with with the 12 days of christmas and and seeing how they were going to manifest and what sort of kind of craziness came from that but when it came to the actual character development i felt everyone was very caricature Mm. um and and it made it made the the ending a, a bit unsatisfying it all wrapped up very quickly um with threads left open you know uh, you know henry gets sacked and then you don't hear anything about what he actually plans to do you know to support his family yeah. um, <laughs> it just seems to be okay doesn't it it's yeah, like, okay yeah. Yeah. um and you know um uh, and I was quite uncomfortable with the the romantic element with Ella at the end as well with with Gus, you know, and I I, I assumed Gus was kind of sixteen plus, um, and and again I think that's just because they wrote Ella very very much older than than she was supposed to be. So, yeah, I didn't think um, Henry. I don't know if he was supposed to be sympathetic towards him. Obviously, he was in a terrible situation mm. that he'd lost his wife he had two young children but his behavior was so obnoxious and the thing that really got to me um was when so the children sign him up to this dating app and this woman starts to message and he's trying to get rid of her and then he sends her what he thinks is the final message saying go away and it was really patronising and very belittling of this Miss True Love. Mm, yeah, patronising is a great word. It was it was 
awful. It was, you know, basically you're a very sad person because you're on a dating app. You're a very lonely person. And it was brutal. Um, so that put me off him right away. And the other thing I didn't like, and I know it's supposed to be a comedy, but it was a very brutal beginning because it starts pretty much with a sentence. The worst thing they ever got for Christmas was a dead mother, <laughs> which is a bit harsh. Yeah. So it was a bit crass. Yeah. And I didn't like that. <laughs> I think so. Uh, just going back to what Joe said about caricatures, because I, I had a real issue with Henry. I was like, oh, you know, so you almost on a because it had been there's no period of grieving time. You grieve for as long as you want to grieve. And But for me, having two young children, it didn't really ring true just about some of his actions, about what he was doing. Um, but then I started to think, oh, hang on a minute. Going back to sort of what you said about caricatures, is he, he just felt like a very much a Scrooge figure. So all bit bar humbug and, you know, kind of mm. the sort of the real elements of it. So I sort of wondered whether they were trying to mishmash a lot of um, Christmas kind of, relevances and sort of you know harking back to, to different I guess kind of you know little little sort of uh, elements of Christmas really because mm. that's how he felt to me but um, I, I agree with you Joe about uh, Ella just she just seemed so much because I I thought she was the older sibling first of all so she seemed to be sort of wise beyond her years really um, but yeah so that but they weren't um, her, I, they weren't any, I don't think even Henry, you know, in the end, I, I was reading, I was I was sort of almost removed from them. So I was reading them, the, the story, as opposed to getting really involved with the characters. So mm -hmm. I wasn't particularly invested in them, I suppose, really. And I guess that wasn't the nature of the book. I think it was just what it was mm -hmm. about. And it was this sort of kind of, it felt to me, as I said, it felt very slapstick sort of humory for me. Um Going back to to one of the, one of the redeeming features for me that of the the book, there were a, not all of it, but a couple of instances where um, the humour was kind of really um, came out. And there was one bit in particular. This probably just shows you my sense of humour, really. But um, when the uh, I think it's the calling birds or is it the turtle doves that that turn up, um, and Ella is uh, typing around a keyboard on the computer. And uh, apparently there's a, there's a part in it where a, a bird sort of poops on the keyboard um, and she looks up and it goes like um, she, she's looking at the birds and says, oh, well, like it's no big deal to poop on the keyboard of someone else's computer. Let me tell you, it is a big deal to poop on the keyboard of someone else's computer. You absolutely should not do that. It's very much frowned upon. Um, and I just that kind of there's little <laughs> elements of that that just sort of appeal to my, I suppose. Yeah, that's kind of where my humour lays, really. Um, so it had those kind of redeeming uh, features in it as well, which made, I think it made it, uh, as you were saying, really easy to read. And I think people that um, just want something very lighthearted, um, not, not to, and it's got quite a nice, I think, however, you know, unsentimental you'd be, the, the, the ending, I think, I don't know, perhaps you could see where it's going. I sort of felt like I knew where it was going. Um, so I wasn't particularly surprised by the ending. But it has got very much an R factor about that. And I think, you know, if, if in the format it's written, the, sh the chapters are very sort of short and, and kind of um, you move on quite quickly with the story. So I think in that respect, if you're just looking for a, a little kind of, yeah, sort of jo jolly, undemanding mm. read. Um, mm. Then this is this is kind of yeah. it for for the Christmas yeah. period. Um, Perhaps we, we we should talk about the 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 reveal of Miss True Love. You know, because this I mean, technically, I suppose this is magical realism. This book, um, but how these things are actually happening is never 
discussed you know yeah. there's no world building as such when it comes to how you know what the the magical properties are and and why these things are happening and, i did um, wonder actually if somebody was dreaming a bit of an alice in wonderland oh, yeah, yeah that, i mean that i mean you know obviously that's the cliche as in it was all a dream um but that, to be honest i think that actually would have satisfied me more mm. had it been that henry woke up mm. and and it had yeah. all been a dream and, and he realized ways, that, that yeah. the like way but like not sc- the ghosts the exactly dream. exactly but <laughs> it, it, it turned out that that miss true love was actually his dead wife and it's never explained how his dead wife is able to message him through an internet <laughs> dating site. Um, and I, I can't remember if he tells the children that that's who it was. Because uh, he writes her a, a final message on the dating site saying, you know, that he's he's ready to, to live life without her. He'll never forget her, but but he's ready to see what the next chapter holds. Um, and it, it, it felt a little bit like somebody went, oh, no, I, I have to actually reveal how this all happened oh oh okay well there we go that's it you know job done um and whilst i didn't necessarily dislike the concept of it being miss true love being um was it kate i think Mm. was her was her name i didn't necessarily dislike that but i think that it it deserved a little bit more fleshing out at the end in order to for it really to to hit true but no pun intended I think that's the other um, thing to point out, which is sort of alluded to at the beginning. You know, if you're looking for if you're familiar with James Patterson and you're looking for something similar, this might not be what you're after because it it will be a much a very much of a shock um, from from reading his previous sort of thrillers. Mm. Um, that's not to say that it's not, you know, worth because obviously and it, as well, it's co-authored, you know, it's not just James Patterson, it's it's Tad Safran as well. So it's it's two authors uh, on this. And Tad Safran's background, I think he's very much a screenwriter and um, quite, so he's very movie, which again might yeah, be that, where we got mm, the movie sort mm, of element from it. Yeah, that definitely um, makes sense. That kind of rings true in it. Um, but uh, yeah, so in, t- in terms of uh, themes and, and content, it is. I think I think the the best thing to do is pick the book up and suspend your disbelief, and you know, go from there. Just let let it carry you you through, really. Um, and and then yeah, you you you'll come out of it, sort of just thinking it's yeah, it's been it's been a ride. Well, on, <laughs> so, on on the festive theme, I think that you won't enjoy it after Christmas. True. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a there is an element where it does create that festive feeling because I really think that it would it would hit at a much lower point if you read it in January. And on another positive note from it, I have to say, having never remembered past the five gold rings before, it did teach me the whole of <laughs> the song. So I did. <laughs> Okay, well, that seems like a good place to end uh, that discussion. So that was uh, December's Book of the Month, which was The Twelve Topsy-Turvy, Very Messy Days of Christmas by James Patterson and Tad Safran. Um, Thank you very much for listening and joining us. Um, We will be back in the new year discussing other books and reviewing for you. So do tune in to that. But in the meantime, it's just leaves for us to say um, a very happy Christmas and new year to all of you listening. And that's goodbye from me. And goodbye from Denise. Goodbye. And goodbye from Joe. Merry Christmas. Bye. And we'll see you all again next year. Bye.